It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From an undisclosed location, 12 floors up in Oklahoma City, welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thank you for making us a part of your day, and I dare say that this is going to be one of our more entertaining podcasts because we've got so much to talk about today, and in segment two, you are going to play a prominent part in discussing who the most disliked players are in Oklahoma City Thunder history. And I'm talking about players that were disliked when they were members of the Thunder. So not Kevin Durant, who left and went to Golden State. We're talking about guys that were here that for one reason or another you couldn't stand. Or you couldn't stand the fact that Sam Presti kept them around. So that's coming up in segment two. In segment number one, we'll talk about some of the quotes that Carmelo Anthony had about the Oklahoma City Thunder and why it says more about the Thunder and really the current state of basketball than it does about Carmelo Anthony. We'll also talk about how C.J. McCollum has Kevin Durant pegged. And by the end of the podcast, I am going to give you some information about what's going on with the Thunder play-by-play situation. I also found out today in exchanging emails with Dan Mahoney, who takes care of all that for the Oklahoma City Thunder, that we've got a pretty interesting connection, which led to one of my not-so-shining, which will lead me to tell you about what one of my not-so-shining moments in radio. I've got a lot of them, but this one I'm particularly embarrassed about, and I'll go ahead and throw it out there anyway. My name's Eric G, and I did radio in Oklahoma City here for a while, and maybe doing it again. And also maybe adding to the Locked On resume. In fact, I know I will be, but I can't tell you anything more about that right now. But what I will tell you is that I also help out another publication called Thunder Digest. And um, yeah, that pretty much rocks. Thank you very much to Chuck Cheney for that. And i um, been covering this team for five years. I'm a credentialed member of the media. And despite the fact that I have disagreed with some of the moves that the Thunder have made and been critical of some of the decisions... They still allow me to be a credential member of the media, so thank you very much to them. And I also do want to say this. Thank you to everybody who participated, because segment number two, because of you, segment number two should be a lot of fun and informative. And I'll get a chance to read a few tweets that you uh, posted today, because I asked who the most disliked player was. I asked, since Kyle Singler may be on his way out, and you responded. So with that, we jump into segment number one. And Carmelo Anthony is going through something that every single one of us have been through at a place that we've worked. Unless you fall into that rare category where you are still working with a company that hired you right out of high school, right out of college, chances are you've changed places of work multiple times in your life from part-time to full-time to to even career-wise you figured out how to go from one place to another 
Well, Carmelo Anthony is just now figuring that out in his career, which I think is very, I, I think in some ways it's comical because, dude, you started off with the Denver Nuggets, then they traded you to the New York Knicks. So, so you've been through this whole transition thing before. But Carmelo Anthony told Jamel Hill at ESPN, quote, that he when he came to Oklahoma City in what he calls the 25th hour, that them guys had already had something in place. Then I come in in the 25th hour, and it's like, oh, crap. Melo just joined us. Like, you can figure it out since you've been around the game for a long time. That's why it was so inconsistent at times. And I had to figure it out on my own rather than somebody there over there or the people helping me out. And I sort of screwed that up, but there you go. I mean, you get the gist of what Carmelo Anthony's saying. And here's what this boils down to. If you've ever been employed, you know what this means. No matter how good an interview you have with a particular person, no matter how much you hit it off when talking to somebody about going to work for them, if they really want you, the way that it works out is you get there you do your job, and if you screw up, they give you ample opportunity to keep messing up. In fact, when you do mess up, instead of admonishing you, they will give you the tools and the ammunition to get better. That's what, that, that's what a company that wants you does. If there's any sort of question about whether or not the bosses, the owners, whoever, your immediate supervisor... If there's any question about whether or not you can actually help them achieve your goals, then the way they're going to handle it is they're sort of going to let you figure out things on your own. They'll guide you. They'll do a little bit of hand-holding, but they'll continue to let you make your mistakes over and over again until they feel that they don't have any use for you anymore. They're not exactly accommodating. It's not exactly fair to you. But that's just how they roll because for one reason or another, you didn't have that it that connected with everyone in that building. And man, I can tell you right now, I just went through it. I know that a lot of people went through it. And it's tough and it sucks. And it's it's a bitter pill to swallow from a lot of respects. But Carmelo Anthony is just now realizing it because this is really the first time in Carmelo's career that anybody's treated him like that. For the most part, Carmelo Anthony has been, dude, come on in. You're our star. You're our guy. We need you to make it work for us and vice versa. And we're going to, man, we are going to make this happen. From one place to another, we are going to make this happen. Or one way to another, we're going to make this happen. Nuggets, Knicks, he was the guy. And Oklahoma City wasn't. He was the third of a big three. And he was also a guy that got traded for a very popular member of that team, not only from the fans, but within the locker room and in his canner, which I'm sure as excited as Russell Westbrook was to have Carmelo Anthony and not only him, but a lot of other people on the team. There was also a lot of disappointment that this guy they had built up with a great relationship with and had been a fantastic ambassador was gone. And the front office had to feel that way. Man, we gave up Ennis Canner for you. You better show us. It's not 100% fair to Carmelo Anthony, but that's just the situation that he fell into. The other thing that he's finding out 
is that he did not want to be waived. He didn't want to be cut because the way the Carmelo Anthony looks at being cut is it's a it's it's a black mark on your record. It's like being fired. And in this day and age, everybody gets fired at some point or another. I don't think getting fired is really again, I just say that because I did, but I don't think it's really that big a deal anymore to a lot of employers because they just kind of feel like everybody goes through it. Especially, man, if you're in Oklahoma, like I like to give some background if, if you're like listening from someplace else. But if you are in Oklahoma and you work in the oil business, you can bank on it. At one point or another, there's going to be a mass layoff at your company. Market dies down. People get fired. All of a sudden, market goes back up, and then people enter right back into it. And and bosses are like, okay, you worked over there. All right. Oh, so you were victim of that. All right, no problem. You come here. So it's really not a, a stain at all on Carmelo Anthony's record. And his family was the one that had to calm him down on that. And I would say this to Carmelo Anthony. If I, I could sit down and talk to him right now. And as much as respect as I have for Carmelo Anthony, I would say these words. If your consolation prize is not getting to play with the Thunder and you're disappointed because you didn't make it work with Paul George and Russell Westbrook and vice versa, and your consolation prize is getting to play with Chris Paul and James Harden, that's a really good consolation prize. And a lot of people are going to consider that an upgrade. And Carmelo Anthony is still at a stage in his career where if the Thunder don't have any use for him, somebody else does. It's not always going to be the case, and it may not be the case for very much longer. But as far as what it says about the Oklahoma City Thunder is that they just weren't very accommodating in this situation. And it's not the first guy that that has fallen victim to that. Jeremy Lamb, Anthony Morrow fell victim to that as well. But that's how the Thunder roll. And you as a player now, knowing that, going in, you have to, if you're going to sign here, these are things that you've got to understand. And I get the feeling that there's probably more there's probably more NBA teams that handle their business that way than what we talk about simply because we are so focused or hyper-focused on the Oklahoma City Thunder. C.J. McCollum totally had Kevin Durant pegged. At least everybody here in OKC thinks that. But what I would like to know from Kevin Durant, okay, so we, we all agree with C.J. McCollum. It was a soft move to go from Oklahoma City to Golden State. I still say that Kevin Durant needed to go someplace else because the atmosphere in Oklahoma City wasn't conducive to him being happy. He could have been successful here, but I don't think he would have been happy here because he didn't like dealing with Russell Westbrook. So he had to go someplace where everybody holds hand, chews gum, and skips. Okay, so you went to Golden State, but how much of it... If Golden State, I'm just, and here's what I want to know from Kevin Durant, that competitive spirit, that wanting to win championships. If Steph Curry's attitude was more like Russell Westbrook's, would he have still made that move? Would he have gone from Oklahoma City to Golden State, even if they gave him still the best shot to win a championship, if he knew Steph was going to treat him the way that Russell supposedly tra- treated him? That I would I don't think Kevin Durant honestly could give you a straight answer on that. My feeling is is if Steph Curry would treat him the way that Russell did, yeah, Kevin's not going there. He's not staying in Oklahoma City, but he's not going to Golden State. He's off to Washington or Boston or or, or someplace else. 
he had a, Kevin had to be in a in a position where not only did everybody get along, but there was concession because that's what that's the biggest thing we've seen at Golden State, and it doesn't go untalked about. We just don't talk about it enough here. Steph conceded to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is by far and away not only the best player on his team, but he's acknowledged as the best player on his team. And as far as Draymond Green and Russell Westbrook having the same personality, Draymond knows how to balance it a lot better than Russell Westbrook does. So while I'll sit here and I'll hope that one day that Kevin Durant will answer that, I don't know that Kevin Durant can answer that. I don't know that he has it in his mind What meant more to him? Rings or just being around somebody that wouldn't bust his balls the entire time he was there? This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next, you help us out. We get some major audience participation on talking about the most disliked players in Thunder history. It's all right here on Locked on Thunder. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you like what you hear, remember all the Locked on Thunder podcasts are archived at iTunes. They're also archived at LockedOnThunder.com. And every one of the Locked on podcasts are available at iTunes. We've got the NBA, the NFL, and Major League Baseball covered and... Something very special coming soon that I will, in fact, got word yesterday, be a part of, and we will have a special announcement coming soon here on Locked on Thunder, and we'll tell you how we're expanding the uh, Locked on podcast and where exactly we're reaching out to. Kyle Singler is on his way out of Oklahoma City, or that's what we are assuming since Hamadou Diallo just got a three-year deal from Oklahoma City, and the Thunder are now at 15 contracts, and Abdul Nader looks like he's going to stick around, so you have to do something with Kyle Singler. And the Thunder's options are very similar to what they could do with Carmelo Anthony. You can waive him and then stretch his contract out, or you can trade him and somebody may look at that as an expiring contract and then they will waive him and give you nothing really in return for it I I I don't see Sam Presti turning Kyle Singler into something the way that he did Carmelo Anthony I I I can't see that being the situation but hell I didn't think he was going to be able to trade Carmelo Anthony and he ends up getting Dennis Schroeder out of it as well as uh Timothy Luak Habero there did I say that right all right I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with that I said that right so when I think about Kyle Singler and his tenure here at Oklahoma City it's very simple Kyle Singler has to be the most disliked player in Thunder 
history, period, end of story. And if there's one guy that's going to be the bane of Sam Presti's existence, it will be Kyle Singler. That'll be the one thing that Thunder fans, along with the James Harden trade, point out as Sam Presti's worst moves as a GM. Even though Ronnie Price is the worst move because that guy didn't even play and the Thunder signed him to a guaranteed deal, Kyle Singler is disliked. And I disagree with my good friend Randy Ritter. No, I think Kyle Singler was disliked. I think hated even. But look, I heard a lady say Kyle Singler just takes up the air that I breathe. So you know Kyle Singler was disliked. So I needed to go through my mental Rolodex today and I ask you at G-E-E-H-S-O to give me the most disliked players in Thunder history and one name just kept popping up over and over again. If we say Kyle Singler's number one, a hard number two without a doubt is Reggie Jackson. Well, I guess it's still with the Detroit Pistons. Reggie gets Reggie gets votes, one, because he thought he was better than Russ, and two, he wouldn't sign a contract, wouldn't commit long-term to Oklahoma City, waited, and his attitude as time went on here really wore on the team, really wore on the fans. You had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook dogging him out. Reggie Jackson, number two. In fact, Andrew says definitely Reggie Jackson. I put Cole Aldrich on that list because of how high he was taken and the fact that he was a terrible bust. Although, I don't know, man. Cole has had an opportunity to stick around and end up on team after team. Brad says Earl Watson. I wasn't here for the whole Earl Watson situation, so I don't know anyone that disliked him. Uh, Patrick says gotta be Reggie. Uh, dude is more hated in OKC than K- than KD ever will be. He should have kept his mouth shut. Um, Suzanne says, Kyle, this is th- now this is where I go with this. I like what Suzanne has to say here. Kyle Singler's a good guy. He's got talent, and it just and it just hasn't worked out too well. Maybe we should ease up on him and give him support and encouragement. I will agree that Kyle Singler did not work out, and I do believe that Kyle Singler takes a lot of crap because most of us, all of us, given the contract he was given, we all would have signed it. Not only that, he had a few good games in Oklahoma City. He was playing all right for Detroit when he came to OKC. And at the time that Kyle Singler was traded here, there were other teams, or at the end of that first year he was here, there were other teams that were actually interested in him. So it probably helped Kevin Durant. Uh, Blaze, Reggie Jackson... Got a lot of hate before he was traded, and it just seemed justified with his Tears of Joy tweet. Uh, People were begging for Perk to be traded, but we all liked his personality. See, when I first got here, people were destroying Kendrick Perkins. But I found out through just kind of, I don't know, listening to fans, listening to a a lot of radio at that time, it was more the media criticizing Perk than necessarily it was the fans. And in fact, I worked with guys that loved to criticize Perk, but didn't know exactly why they were criticizing Perk. And it turns out that one, Perk was a great interview, was fantastic to the media, and two, extremely well-respected by his teammates. And they didn't have a problem at all. Uh, Robert Swift, who was that mentioned by? That was mentioned by Chris there. 
And uh, what else are we saying? Um, Emmanuel says, let's see, from the beginning to end, he says, Singler 1, Singler 2, <laughs> Singler 3. And um, WLKR uh, says, quote, I don't understand the Singler hate. Seems to be a good dude with a disappointing career. We should we should blame him. we should blame Presley for that awful contract. And Mike even says uh, Reggie Jackson. And let's not forget Mitch McGarry. He was mentioned uh, a couple of tweets there. So thank you very much to everyone for participating in that. I think we can come to a conclusion based on what I just read there that Singler one, Reggie a hard number two, and then I you know as much as I hate to do this. Mitch McGarry 3, and the reason I hate to give Mitch McGarry 3 is because Guy battled addiction problems, and I just feel like that's piling on him. Perk 4, another guy I can't stand talking bad about because he was really good, but I'll say Carmelo Anthony 5. A lot of people got tired of Carmelo Anthony while he was here because he wasn't the Carmelo that we didn't think of. And finally, uh, NBA fan 17 saying that uh, Reggie Jackson and Dion Waiters at times, but we all grew to love Dion Waiters and being on Waiters Island was a lot of fun because you never knew exactly where you were going to end up on Waiters Island. And that just, that left us with, uh, I don't know, gave us an element of excitement. Also thrown in there was Karam Butler, but I thought everybody loved Karam Butler. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next, we'll close it out. I'll give you some information on what's going on in the Thunder play-by-play search. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Coming up in the next few weeks, a major announcement from the Locked On Podcast Network as well as Locked On Thunder. My duties are going to be expanding. I will tell you that my duties will be expanding at the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm very excited of what I want to be a part of, and I will remain here on Locked On Thunder, much to either your chagrin or your smile. I don't know which, but as long as you listen, I'm very happy. Speaking of podcasting and broadcasting, I had a, a very cool email exchange today with Dan Mahoney, who's Vice President of Broadcasting and Corporate Communications for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And at this point, he is not saying, did not, would not tell me who the Thunder are considering to replace Brian Davis, which is a tough enough job as it is from a personal standpoint and a broadcasting standpoint. But just kind of reading through the jargon to just kind of give you some background on how all this plays out. A lot of times, guys are under contract. Maybe they're already calling for another team. Not necessarily another NBA team, but another professional team. And you don't want word getting back to your boss that you're looking for another job because just in case you get or you don't get the Thunder job, you can get let go from the current one you're at. And it's it's a very sticky, delicate situation. And if the guy is, let's just say, hypothetically, the guy has a baseball job and maybe calling for a team that doesn't interfere that much with the Thunder, 
Does he have to give up his job with the baseball team? Most likely, yes. But most likely, you're going to have to give up your job working with whatever organization you're at to, to go to this new one. But that's why guys want to keep it quiet is because they just don't want their bosses finding out. And even if their bosses know, even if everything is on the up and up and they've been open with their bosses about their current situation, sometimes their bosses really aren't happy about this and they get really disgruntled with those organizations who are trying to steal their talent away from them. So this must be handled with absolute care. What I found out in this email exchange, though, more importantly... Oh, well, at least for me, more importantly. I mean, for you, you're, hey, you want to know who the Thunder play-by-play guy is going to be. But more importantly, I found out that Dan Mahoney and I have an interesting connection. That We both worked in the city of Albuquerque, and we both worked for the same frequency. Different call letters, different formats, but we both did sports in a way for 610 in Albuquerque. And his brother programmed a rival station that I went head-to-head against in my rock days. And... I'm just going to tell you about one of my least proud moments in radio right now. I'm going to let you in on something I did. And we were at an Eagles concert. My station was a classic rock station. We were called the Buzzard. The Buzzard. And that's how every DJ said it. So we were called the Buzzard. And we're out at the pit. The historic pit for the Eagles making one of their many hell freezes over tour dates. I was under the impression, as we were doing live cut-ins and we were giving away tickets to this event, I was under the impression that the concert was sold out because everybody that I knew was extremely excited about it. We had clients asking for tickets, and tickets were not only expensive, but they seemed hard to get, so I'm on the air saying it's sold out. It just had that impression, and the only way you're going to get tickets is to come by and get them from us. Well, our rival station, 94 Rock, is out there. And um, Phil Mahoney, who is Dan's brother, happens to be the program director, comes up to me and says, hey, I just want to let you guys know, you guys are saying that the show is sold out. It's not sold out. I mean, he makes it perfectly clear it's not sold out. He was trying to be helpful. How I took it in my, dude, you're not my PD you don't tell me what to do. Worry about your own station arrogance was, oh, oh, you want to you wanna tell me what to do? Okay, fine. So I just nodded my head, let him and his crew go into the uh, concert, and like a complete ass, like a complete ass, I totally, I mean, this is totally out of the fraternity playbook, and it's not even a, a good playbook. I decide I'm going to go sticker their van with our stickers. And now had I just put one bumper sticker on, it probably wouldn't have been that bad. It would have been met with, ha ha, you got us, we'll get you back. And we didn't have cool bumper stickers, no, because we were classic rock. We had to have those long, square, black bumper stickers. Oh my God, nothing cool die cut, just your typical run-of-the-mill, things that were cool from 1985 kind of bumper sticker. So you really couldn't do much but put them on the bumper. Well, I not only put a few on the bumper, I put them on the hood, I tried to interlock them, and one, it was sloppy. It was a very sloppy job. I'm embarrassed about the job. But two, uh, yeah, the competition wasn't very happy about it. 94 Rock wasn't happy. They call my boss. 
And my boss lets me know that that's not the way we roll down here in Albuquerque. Even though we sort of rolled that way in Oklahoma City, and I think to some extent still do, we didn't roll that way in Albuquerque. And long story short, or I guess it's not really short, came to the end of the story, they had to take money out of my paycheck and pay for the cleaning. Young and dumb, I regret it. I just totally regret having that in me. And it took a lot. Well, it took actually something from somebody at 94 Rock, a guy by the name of Rain Man, who said to me, hey, we're all out here just trying to do the same thing. Him and I were friends. I don't know if Phil and I ever got past it. I don't think I ever spoke to Phil again. I'm hoping, Phil, if you're listening to this, I apologize. And we'll apologize by way of your brother when I get a chance to see him again. But, um, yeah, that's one of my not-so-proud moments in radio. And, and, and back to where we all started with this, whoever the new Thunder play-by-play guy is, it's got to be... Um, it's got to be handled so delicately that, that nobody finds themselves getting screwed over in this situation, be it the current team a guy works at, the future team he's going to work at, and then, of course, the broadcaster itself. All right, so we're done with the broadcast. Pod, podcast. We're done with the podcast today. Thanks for joining me. I'm Eric G. And, uh, hey, we'll be back tomorrow, and we'll have the weekend episode. Until then, ELE, everybody love everybody, and peace, love, and thunder. You are locked on thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.